All right, well, welcome guys to the first in-person episode of Talkie Talk. Um, it's a long time coming. Finally, COVID is over. It's a hoax because we're now vaccinated. We finally proved that so, it wasn't real. All along, yeah. As soon as I was vaccinated, I realized. I don't really want to date this podcast. I did want to bring this up. Um, the invasion of China is going pretty well at the moment. From, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do get Tensions worried. Tensions are high. Yeah, we, I mean, okay, technically it's not an invasion, but we have started the blockade around Taiwan and we've, the, a few shots have been fired. Nobody's taking responsibility for who shot first, but we are moving towards a land invasion, I think. So it's, it's, hopefully, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad, you know. So I, I think, uh, it's just ever since Biden got assassinated, it's been absolutely crazy. Kamala it's Harris rough, yeah. has gone hard on that expansionism, which I did not see coming. I respect, though. Can you believe? What do I you think, think America first is our best bet. It's so, okay. Do you think it's totalitarian that she welcomed Puerto Rico into the union very quickly, expediating the process of getting it like registered as a new state, but then also kind of put that military presence there? What do you think about that second part? Because I think she's trying to keep it safe from China, right? Because, I mean, she keeps saying that the only reason we have to restrict our civil liberties now is because of the threat of China. That's... So I buy it. I, I do agree, I think. But the thing is, that what pisses me off, obviously doesn't piss me off because I know she listens to this podcast, but what makes me a little annoyed <laughs> is that, <laughs> I mean... Kamala tuning in every she's, week. She's listening. You know, I mean, I've seen the posters. She is listening. But she... <laughs> What always made me, what made me a little weird about it is that she said that she would instate protective, you know, protective things in California because it measures, thank you, in California (laughs) because it's the coast that's closer to China. And then if things got worse, she would move them towards the East Coast, you know, within months, you know, at least six months afterwards. She's kind of sped up the process two months afterwards, and I do feel like, well, of course, it's I feel very protected. Thank you, of course, to whoever's listening. It does feel a little bit insincere. It feels a little quick. I won't say insincere. I don't know about that though, dude. Because while the West Coast is the closest coast, the East Coast is the second closest coast. So if anything, I was insulted that we didn't get more protection because it's like we're almost we're number two. You know what I mean? Well, we're number one. I mean, Kamala said that herself, you know, she said that herself in the broadcast that was only broadcast to the East Coast. I don't know what she said. It's crazy how she, we literally can't get access to the broadcast that went on on the West Coast. Yeah, but I I mean, they have different customs. Yeah. You know, it's like the electoral college. It's like you can't give everybody the same information. Exactly. And I do, I mean, the Rockies are high. The what? The Rockies Rockies. are high. The signal won't reach. And I, yeah, I do believe that it bounces off for the most part. And, and, you know, it wouldn't, because I mean, like she said, it wouldn't normally bounce off, but there were a lot of clouds that day. Yeah, it makes sense. From the the Chinese cloud machine. I know. They're pumping it out to obstruct the signals. How did they get to British Columbia? They have a lot of machines, dude. It's, it's (laughs) the nanomachines crafted the clouds. It's a cloud of nanomachines. That's why there's some metallic. They can bounce a signal off of them. It's it's getting rough. Is clouds today look a lot different than clouds that I've seen in the past? Uh, Well, they're getting better. Dude, I've literally seen on Reddit. I saw this. I was like, sometimes I just go into the conspiracy subreddit because I think it's kind of funny. Um, And I saw this post that like showed all these different types of clouds, like 12 different types of clouds. They're like, I was only taught about four different kinds when I was in school. (laughs) I don't know. Does anybody remember seeing these cloud formations before? It's getting a little weird. It's like suddenly reality shifted or something. It's the Mandela effect. Yeah, also the Berenstain Bears. Yo, 
That's real though. I'm I'm dead ass. That's that's real. The Berenstain Bears. Yeah, Berenstain. I think Berenstain. Never mind. I'm not gonna. You're get gonna into straight that. up tell me Berenstain is like. Get yeah, the I mean, fuck I always knew that. You're from this new. I guess universe, we're from new. Well, you're from the you, old. Yeah. yeah right. It's cool how our people can get along though. It is nice. I wonder how China is doing or what they're doing in my old universe. So I always wonder. Do you think that when our universe is merged, it just became one like homogenous, or do you think that mine's still going on and I got raptured into yours? I think it just combined, and then China stayed in their own. You <laughs> they know what put I mean? a bubble around themselves? Yeah. They're behind the Mandela effect. Exactly. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. Okay. I love China so much. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shut us down. Download Disney+. Plus. They fucking infiltrate. <laughs> Download TikTok. <laughs> Download Zoom. That's actually the main reason that we're doing this in person and not on Zoom. It's because, because the Chinese government has been calling us. us. And they're like, we don't agree with your opinions on um, 12 Years a Slave. They thought it was a little offensive. So, well, they said it they still have that those measures in place. <laughs> but they so. said there wasn't enough representation of their people in it. And that's why it didn't do so well right? in the box Not office there. Leaders, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, actually back to Talkie Talk. So we watched Mission Impossible this week. It's a movie that I've seen a few times. One of my favorite movies. I wouldn't say, you know, I mean, we'll get more into it. I wouldn't say it's like a 10 out of 10, but it's really fun. And it has a lot going for it, I think. So I decided to show Tyler because I've been talking about it on multiple episodes of this show as well as every time we hang out. <laughs> uh, it came out in 1996. It was directed by Brian De Palma, which you may know, who you may know from Scarface, uh, among many other things. The screenplay was by David Coop and Robert Town. I don't know who David Coop is, but Robert Town wrote one of uh, the talkie talk favorites chinatown good one it was produced by tom cruise and paula wagner one of the things i love most about these movies is that they're like all produced by tom cruise because he just loves to be in crazy action sequences this movie is like a lot more restrained than the later ones where he like literally actually in real life ran across the tallest building in the world on a fucking <laughs> line <laughs> Dude, let me tell you this quick story from, about Tom Cruise. About You'll never Tom believe Cruise. this Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise guy, guys. He's, so funny, he's such dude. a funny guy. He's so funny. We were hanging um, out. <laughs> I'm watching the special features for, like, I think it's Mission Impossible 4. And uh, the crew was talking about how um, they were setting up the rigging for Tom Cruise. And, you know, they get things set and he's just like, they're just kind of testing out the weight. And then they just hear like from outside, just Tom Cruise like yelling and be like, yeah, and he's just running across the building without any warning. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking insane. Um, He's like, he's like a much cooler version of Adam Sandler where like Adam Sandler just like funds movies that makes him and friends go on vacation and pays for their vacations. And Tom Cruise just gets to like run across the Burj Dubai. So fucking sick. (laughs) And get paid. Oh, and another uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. So the movie opens with a halo jump, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a high altitude, low opening jump. It's the most dangerous uh, parachuting technique that even the army tries to uh, not use if possible because it's such high potential for fatality. He made it 109 times to get this scene. And they literally choreographed the scene in like a wind tunnel, the cameraman also had to do the jump. That's fucking with crazy. no parachute for like mile, like for a very long time, uh, and film him doing it. That's it's fucking, fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. 
Anyway. Did you know that in the next uh, Mission Impossible Doomsday, they're actually going to give him the nuclear launch codes to the ICBMs? And he will have to you joke, inter- but he will have to. They're making a huge trampoline over the Mariana <laughs> Trench, and they're literally going to pull it back like a slingshot. And he's going to jump up into the air and literally intercept the ICBM. And he will die, but he will be, be, you know, be but he, he will be reborn. Exactly. Scientology. <laughs> yeah. And all that. Scientology has been secretly, you know, quote unquote, secretly sacrificing thousands of babies to give a new homunculi for Tom Cruise's soul to warp into once he intercepts the ICBM. Biden signed off on it. Kamala is still holding off. Uh, she's got other things to do. Yeah, I, I don't guess. know. <laughs> she's not going far enough with that one. He does want to make a movie in space. He wants to make the first movie... <laughs> Mission Impossible so movie in space. Is that true? Yes. That's so fucking yeah. sick. He's like trying to get it fucking oh rolling. Oh my God. And the fact, you know, dude, the Russians are now like, <laughs> this, is, um, this is, sounds like fucking satire. The Russians are now like trying to send a film crew into space to try to beat us to it. Tom Cruise. Are you dead ass? Yes. <laughs> Tom Cruise is in a space race with Russia. <laughs> <laughs> What imagine, a if, like, world. imagine if the world ends because Tom Cruise beats the Russians to space. Like it's like a it's like a fucking Sophie's Choice or it's a fucking like the Crucible where Tom Cruise is like they're like Tom, Russia has their finger on the button. If you go into space with this film crew, they will launch. And he's like, I've always had to do it. I've seen this moment coming in a thousand dreams, and I do it every time. That's what he's been building towards this whole time, dude. It's incredible. He is a, like he's fucking insane. Probably a terrible person, but he's one of my personal heroes. <laughs> They say, Tom, we will all die if you do this. And he says, some will live. And he goes into space. It's true. He'll I've be in space. It. So him and his crew. And they'll be able to make Mission Impossible 7, 7, 8 on the uh, <laughs> desolated Earth. <laughs> Mission Impossible Rapture. <laughs> and Tom Cruise just revives everyone. And we have to make our lives again in the nuclear waste. I'm down to As long as it's a good Mission Impossible movie, I'm down for <laughs> fucking anything. <laughs> But anyway, so Tyler, um, why don't you just hop on in? I've been here, dude. What did you think? <laughs> All right, well, that's it for today's show, guys. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Tom Cruise is so young and full of hope in this movie. It's, it's so strange to see people... It seems like it was shot on film. Probably, yeah. But it, I don't know. It's so funny to see him like so young and full of life, and then see him now, and he's still so young and full of life. <laughs> that it changed. makes me really question like what the fuck he's been doing scientology dude it keeps you young i think it really does i think he like bathes in that scientology blood or something once you free yourself of all your um little aliens that cling onto your soul all your relations you to people clear. who care about you that's <laughs> well, just part of it dude either they join or they're fucking out <laughs> yeah i mean i haven't seen any of the mission impossible movies but i from the ads that i've seen like the newer ones seem like he's kind of like jaded and like disgruntled and he's kind of like who oh, a little bit. I don't know. It's a little but, more gritty, I would say. Yeah. I mean, then, a lot of them follow the plot. A lot of them follow this similar plot of like something's wrong with the IMF and Tom Cruise has to go rogue to <laughs> fucking fix it. Yeah. Isn't one of them called like Rogue Nation? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's mad funny. Yeah. But I did think it was cool because it starts off so like classic 90s and is it well, it's kind of 90s throughout. Yeah, especially sure. the last fight was like looked oh, like so sick, dude. <laughs> so funny, the helicopter train fight, yeah, iconic. <laughs> but um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, in the beginning, they're like, I was not expecting to see like a bunch of them like huddled around a the table, being like, "Ha, 
this is gonna be hard just you know it's hard like your your chip on your shoulder old man he's like hey look out okay hey is, who made this coffee this coffee tastes like shit i made that coffee yeah you well i'm not surprised <laughs> yeah exactly and then uh just yeah little wise cracks and yeah it's so weird but then they all died this is a spoiler yeah. talk by the way spoiler talk yeah I was actually slightly taken aback by that. Hell and I, yeah, And I, I only had like one issue with the that whole sequence, but okay. for the most part, well, besides that one issue, I really enjoyed it. And I was not expecting the like elevator scene to be so like disgusting. Oh, so sick. Dude. It was like some Final Destination shit. It honestly was like Final Destination where the guy just like on top of the elevator, which is, you know, they probably should have seen that coming, but... But we didn't either. It, yeah, we, we didn't. Well... Being on top of an elevator is probably like never a good call. But the guy's on top of the elevator, and then who's the, who's the bad guy? Jim Phelps. Yeah, Jim Phelps. Interesting point. I'll cut in real quick. Jim Phelps was like the protagonist of the TV series. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was <laughs> so another just, level of like kind of pulling the rug out from under you. It's just like, did you dirty? Yeah. <laughs> if you were, I mean, I, I wonder what the overlap really was between people who liked the original, like because it was in like the seventies or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty old. But um, I think so. It might have even been older than that. I think it couldn't, it probably was like late 60s, early 70s, but... Yeah, that sounds right. That but sounds anyway, right. yeah, I wasn't expecting like that Seth Green lookalike to just get like stabbed in the eye. I was so kind of confused, like what, what was even at the top of the elevator that like stabbed him through the head? It looked like a fucking, like someone put spikes in the elevator. I think it was just some, <laughs> some, uh... I mean, I'm not going to like really dig into it. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I, I just always thought it was like some mechanism in the elevator that would like latch onto it or something yeah, at the yeah. top. That's that's what I thought too. Yeah, but it did. It did very graphic eerily too. resemble a spike. Yeah, and then I was expecting it to cut away like the moment before, <laughs> it, but then it just literally showed him getting stabbed through the head. So cool. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty evil. But the only part that I had a difficulty with believing is that girl, Tom Cruise's original love interest, hot yep. girl A. Right. Um, <laughs> who is soon to be replaced by Hot Girl B, who turns out to be evil Hot Girl A. Claire. Again, spoilers. Yeah. Is Claire Hot Girl A? Claire is the one that is working with Phelps. Okay, so that's Hot Girl B, yes. aka evil Hot Girl A. Yes. But the one who dies, it kind of... The way she dies, I find, is like a lot of suspension of disbelief. Because she... By getting stabbed through the gate? Yeah, because she like has to like walk up to the gate to get stabbed. Like, how bad is her eyesight that it really needs to... like She needs to get like right up next to the gate. Because she sees another guy getting stabbed at the gate. And she's like, I should go investigate. Yeah. But not from a distance. I should get right up next to like the stabber. <laughs> that's true. I, <laughs> I can, thought it was kind of yeah. silly. Yeah, that's but fair. That's fair. I did like that they killed all of them. Yeah, I think I think that's why that opening scene at the um, at the table when they're prepping for the mission is so goofy. is like that. Yeah, because yeah, they it, it really serves to pull the rug out from under you. Yeah, which I think this movie does very well throughout. I think it manages to be genuinely surprising and one step ahead of you for most of it. I really like the parts when Tom Cruise reveals information that he's put together that you've technically been showed but like couldn't have known like when he's talking to um kittredge where he thinks that kittredge is like the villain at that point mm -hmm. uh, and kittredge is questioning him he asks like why was there another team in there and he's like what do you mean and then it does like a series of flashbacks where he's like the guy on the stairs behind there he looked over here the, the couple by the water and like goes through and just like mm -hmm. names the team these little moments where like one of them is on the stairs and he just like looks toward them like he knows they're there, but you miss it the first time. Yeah. And so that was cool that Tom Cruise's character, 
Ethan Hunt, but I just like calling him Tom Cruise because it's basically it's Tom Cruise <laughs> autobiographical. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there is no line between the the meta has blended into the the fiction, which is uh, you know that's pretty incredible. Cool. Yeah, yeah, one of the first to do it. Yeah, but I like when he's a step ahead of yeah. We'll we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, I like I mean, same same situation when he's talking with with Phelps. Yes. And he really pieces together the whole thing as Phelps is telling him like the made up story. So smart, and then it yeah. shows him like putting it together, like what really happened. And I love the way that it keeps cutting back to Tom's face, even as Jim Phelps is talking and you can just see his reaction and he's like keeping it cool, but also yep. like piecing it together. It's so right. fire. And there's those two layers. So that scene is so cool to me because I remember when I was younger and I watched it, I was confused because it really does like flip that convention of the yeah. flashback on its head. Yeah. But as Phelps is telling him the story... Ethan, in his dialogue, pretends to go along with it, but then you see in the flashback what he's piecing together, yeah. and what he's saying fits the what he's flashing back to, but also makes Phelps think that he's agreeing with him. And I like when Phelps sort of like outlines his motive, because he thinks that he's a step ahead of Tom Cruise, so he's smug about it. He's basically like, well, uh, you know. When you think about it, Ethan, it was inevitable. No more Cold War. No more secrets you keep from everyone but yourself. Operations you answer to no one but yourself. And then one day, you wake up. The President of the United States is running the country without your permission. The son of a bitch, how dare he? And you realize it's over. You're an obsolete piece of hardware not worth upgrading. You've got a lousy marriage and 62 grand a year. And lays out his own motive in a way that's a little on the nose, but it on the nose in, in the way that he's doing it, uh, it smugly. Yeah, like he thinks he's got the leg up on him. Yeah. But he's actually just digging his own grave. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, kind of weird that he's like 70 and like banging this like 23-year-old. Yeah, that's a little weird, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> in, the little weird. in the beginning, yeah. he's like, hey, that's my wife. And I'm like, I don't think I don't it should it. be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, uh, doesn't seem right. You got to be like really providing something extracurricular there if <laughs> if it's working out that well for you, sir. But um, he's just got a great personality <laughs> yeah, when it really comes down to it. Doesn't look like her dad at all. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing I liked about that scene too is how the flashback is clearly unreliable. You can tell that it's yeah. Ethan putting things together because yeah. there's a point where he says oh, this is what must have happened. Yeah. And it's one flashback of Claire blowing up the car. Mm-hmm. But he thinks about it like, no, it couldn't have happened like that. And there's another flashback mm-hmm. where she escapes. Yeah. But it turns out he was wrong about that. And he was right the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something really cool, a cool little cinematography trick that they used was like that split, very obvious split focus the first time when she's blowing up the car mm-hmm. where like half the frame has the, the car in focus. The other half has her in focus and her background is completely blurred. Mm-hmm. Like soup, like not even trying to make it look like one shot, mm-hmm. like a very deliberate split focus to represent that idea of him, like piecing it together. Mm-hmm. That was really cool to me. Some mm-hmm. really interesting cinematography tricks that I, yeah, think I didn't see that helped a lot. I didn't see it. So I don't think, I don't think it was really that important. Yeah, it probably but, didn't know, happen. It was, it was yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> I like the explosions. I mean, yeah, I liked that's how the other was, part. <laughs> I liked how I feel like it was like really tasteful throughout. And then at the end, there was just like 
just CG this fucking helicopter <laughs> attacking this train in a ch- in the channel. <laughs> it so, really is, but I don't yeah. not like it. It's just oh, so it's, awesome. fu- it's so bizarre. Yeah, because like it's so I wouldn't. I mean, they definitely know what they were doing with that. Like that was For totally sure, yeah. purposeful. But out. I I would like the rest of it is so like tasteful, and then yeah. that is just so like fuck it. Spy Kids, like, yeah. <laughs> like we need something like that. It's so funny. Tom can only be restrained for so long. Yeah. Another thing that I thought was cool about this movie is that it's really like it's like three settings, really. Yeah. It's 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 really restrained in a way, and then it's it really is. It's, yeah. it's like the opening, and then it's the heist for the information, and then it's like the climax, and that's pretty much it. Aside from yeah. like some of the scenes in London when he meets. Phelps like that's kind of in between but and the stuff with Max too where he's setting that up that's sort of like the inciting incident is the Max thing which one's the one with Max who's Max Max is the arms dealer the woman or not the arms oh, yeah arms yeah, dealer yeah, right yeah 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 you're right or but like information still, dealer yeah. yeah settings wise it's it's very restrained there's not a lot of like huge set piece moments oh definitely yeah which I thought was really interesting I wasn't expecting it to be that I mean there's a lot going on like action wise but it's still it just feels kind of it feels like there's a lot of breathing room in between, which I was not uh, expecting. Yeah, but it does it. It does it well. Like it's still every moment still feels like purposeful, absolutely and, and entertaining. Yeah, and it carries a sense of uh, tension, especially. I mean, I'm mostly thinking about the silent heist at. Um, yeah, it's so good. Langley, it's Langley, but is that Pentagon? I don't know. And that scene is so slow, but it's so. There's so much tension to it. Yeah. And it's gorgeous too. And it tell, it's cool because it get, as they're setting up the heist itself before they actually go in on it and they explain things, they do it so that to so that it's not so explained that you feel like you're being like handheld, but explains it well enough so that the whole story can be adequately told in an interesting way without like really any dialogue. Yeah. And you get just enough info so that it's still entertaining and you can you understand what's going on. Right. But you don't feel as though it was all like explicitly, it doesn't feel like a bunch of exposition. It feels like you're just getting enough. And right. That's, and that's, you know. Yeah. Like he's explaining it. I mean, obviously it is exposition, but it works because he's explaining the beats of the plan to his team. Yeah. Like these are the things that we need to accomplish. Yeah. Um, it makes sense too that he would have a time where he explicitly explained yeah, that. Yeah, like he has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's great setup too. There's something I noticed that at the end of that exposition area, where there, yeah, he's telling you what needs to happen for them to get in, and they show that alongside. Um, at the end of that, there's an image of like a coffee cup, and a little bit of the condensation of the cup drops onto the floor, and the alarm sets off. Yep. And then one of the most like uh, highest tension moments is when he has a bead of sweat just like running yep. down his forehead yep. while he's like an inch away from the ground. Yeah. And he like cups it in his hand. <laughs> so, so fun. So good. So cool. Yeah. I really like the design of that room too. It reminded it really cool. me a lot 2001. of- 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. me too. <laughs> I love that shot of him descending towards the floor and it's yeah. like his back. And then yeah. it's sort of like this web design that yeah. he's slowly lowering into. Yeah. Really cool. Into the web of lies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Pretty <really>. much. <laughs> there definitely is a neo-noir element to this movie, I think. You say that about literally every movie That's because every watched. movie's neo-noir, dude. <laughs> it's because I only like neo-noir movies, basically. I loved... I'm a sucker for it. You get the fucking pulp, and you get the genuinely uh, surprising beats. 
you know, I it, mean, it's fucking Robert Town, so like, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so funny to see so much like really strong firepower being you know in the production of this movie with Brian De Palma and Robert Town. So and cool. Then it's like, but it's not even like they're two really experienced like. It's not like they're giants from like the action genre. They're just like two no. really acclaimed directors from like much more like pensive movies. And then they just bring them in. They're like, yeah, let's fucking make an action movie. Why not? Yeah. I remember that show from the 70s. Let's just do it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> it works so well, too, yeah. because it's more of an espionage movie than an action movie. Yeah. yeah. And they're perfect for that. That, yeah. that writing, really like interesting cinematography that still serves like a... I mean, I haven't seen Scarface, but like, there's still like this excitement to it, and he's really good at, at nailing that visually. Um, and then Robert Town writing his sort of more methodical but still stylized, almost pulpy mm -hmm. dialogue, yeah, and keeping it exciting and surprising throughout. Like, they're perfect for it, but they just hadn't really done anything like that up to that point. Mm -hmm. So it is cool to see that combination of the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I love the part where. Uh, Jim Posh, Jim Phelps, Jim Phelps. Uh, I offered you a character list, dude. Jim, like, I don't no, need it. I don't need no. it because I'm my memory is perfect. Yeah. So Jim, Jim Phelps is like in the back of the train, <laughs> and he's in the back of the train, and he's like, "I knew that you would never be able to resist cream pieing my hot young wife, <laughs> Tom Cruise, <laughs> and that's where you failed." <laughs> Dude, that's why they're together. This is so a fucking bait. weird. Yeah, she, no, that was that's, very strange. That's one reason why I wish we knew like a little bit more about her character because I feel like the screenplay leaves her out like a little bit because there's no she she functions well as like a person who who uh, who bounces off of other characters and like and works well with other characters, but as her own individual, I feel like she's not that fleshed out. And yeah. it does really beg the question of like, why are you banging this l legit like geriatric? That's true. <laughs> like, I can see, at yeah. all in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason that they don't really flesh out the character is so that it is surprising when she uh, it turns out that she double crossed him. Double crossed who though? The, Ethan, because she was know. working with Phelps the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you mean? That's the plot of the movie. She literally comes into the room and thinks it's Phelps. Because Ethan has the mask on, yeah. and she's like, "We got him," and that's how he I finds kinda, out. As soon as Phelps was revealed to be alive, I was kind of like, "All right, she's there's no way she's not." Oh, okay. I thought you were saying that she wasn't working with him. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be a great argument. Yeah, that's me trying to just so like funny. represent okay. the movie okay. incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So funny. I don't know if the plot but, uh, is no, the way I it is. No, I fucking got it, dude. So it's chill. <laughs> um. That's when I started piecing good, it together yeah, too. That is no, a good, for sure. That is a great part though. Yeah. For all those people who are like dumber than me, like it must have been huge. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, because like you do, because he considers that she would be and then right, right. talks himself out of it because he cares about her. Right. Yeah. And then it turns out, no, that's why she was able to get away with it. Yeah. And I like that there is like a brief moment while she's dying that there's like some actual affection between them, but it doesn't yeah. become this like, I just was doing it for you the whole time. Like fucking Casino Royale. 
Yeah, that shit that, was lame. <laughs> the death in this is what I wanted to happen in Casino Royale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Casino Royale was like, no, actually, she loved you the whole time. She loved you, but she was choice. also banging this other dude and also fucked yeah. you over out of all your money and your but happiness. But she died for you. Yeah. But it's chill because like you totally couldn't kill the people chasing her and erase yourselves off the earth because like for some reason you can't do that even though you're a double O agent. Yeah, that would well, never work. What are you going to do? Yeah. But I oh, like well. it. There's definitely some bold choices in this. Like yeah, killing her it's, outright. It's interesting. And the presentation is like really arty in a lot of I moments, agree. honestly. Like I say that this is uh like a good film and people laugh at me for it, but it really is. <laughs> but the jokes it. on them. They'll <laughs> they'll learn. I mean, I told you for a while, you're like, yeah, okay. No, nah, I believe you. <laughs> but no, I'm glad you think so. I also I this is another movie that I was watching and I was like, is this gonna hit for Tyler or not? No, nah, but I, usually we're on the same page. Yeah, I like I like the semi goofy but like still really competent vibe. Yeah. I like that stuff yeah. a lot. And it was darker than I thought it would be in the beginning. Cause I, yeah. it's funny because the beginning for me, I was like, okay, the one guy who didn't get a lot of lines died. So I wonder how they're all going to recoup after that. And then like, as soon as like the second person died, I was like, oh, they're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> they just wipe the whole yeah, team. I was like, damn, that is really TKO, cool. Holy shit. And I was reading too that. I mean, I didn't recognize any of them, but at the time, all those actors were like big stars. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so they, they put pulled. together this star-studded team. They have this cocky opening. They, uh, you know, they start it like it's just, you know, a usual heist movie. Mm-hmm. Everything goes according to plan. Or if there's a small slip up, they recover from it and they just fucking wipe them out. And it's just yeah. really, yeah. definitely surprising and really like every time I watch it, such an exciting moment, you know, even knowing it's coming. <laughs> just the big switch from the cocky punchy dialogue to everybody just dying yeah yeah and, yeah. <laughs> and him suddenly having no idea what's going on yeah like he just loses all control that you feel that you know he's on top of the world in the opening scene and he's cocky and he feels like he's got everything under you know that, that he is in control of everything and then just yeah. very quickly he loses all just of that everything comes crashing down yeah, yeah it's, it's it's pretty good like it's a cool character arc too yeah yeah, really, it's funny. He becomes like the jaded old man that you're supposed to get after like three movies in like t- 10 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I really liked in the beginning of the of the heist scene when they use a lot of like POV shots. Yeah. I, like you are Tom Cruise because I like to feel like I'm Tom Cruise a lot of the time. Of course, yeah. And it reminded me of a lot of the dreams that I have. But <laughs> it, it was... <laughs> It was just, it was, I was like, wow, I don't feel like a lot of movies would, use, I mean, like very few yeah. movies use POV shots anyway, because they're so mm. gimmicky sometimes, but this really worked well with just the situation, putting him, putting you in his shoes and also kind of like making you feel kind of like the, I feel like the espionage aspect of it, where you're kind of like blending into this party of strangers and like getting, you know, led around. I thought it was just really cool. Yeah. I think it gave that feeling of being at risk because like you said there's so many people and in those shots it's like a lot of people crowding him too so it makes the stakes feel higher because he has to pull it off perfectly or he's gonna get caught yeah especially these other people who like maybe even know the guy a little bit like the graduate a little bit i agree yeah a little bit actually (laughs) if you think about it um like a genius but yeah, and I, there's such a it, it is a gimmicky thing that I just really like. Yeah, that uh, he's watching. I forget what the character's name is, but like the tech guy is watching through the like spy. Is it spy glasses? Sure, remember. probably. Wherever the spy camera is, he's watching through it, and it's that like green filter, and then just switches to 
the actual POV of the character. Uh huh. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, like it's an that, easy yeah. like gimmicky thing, but it works yeah. really well. Yeah. No. I, I, it's funny. All, all the gimmicky stuff that I feel like is in this, I feel like is used well enough that it doesn't feel like like I'll still you know you can still chuckle at it because it's like okay it's a little silly but it, you can't say that it doesn't you know work to its purpose like it does, yeah. yeah like it does everything it's supposed to do well yeah so can't really complain yeah I also like, like it, it does do that really good mix of like campy but effective too with like all the <laughs> Every scene where he takes his mask off feels like so silly, but I at the same it. time you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then at the end when he when when she's like, we got him, and he takes his mask off, and he's like, I don't think so. And then it's like, fuck <laughs> yo. You, like in the moment, in the half second where he's like reaching up towards his mask, he's like, yeah. oh, oh no, no way, way. <laughs> no fucking way. It was him the whole time. Because yeah. <laughs> the setup for that scene is great too, because all the shots showing him. Without his, like, it doesn't show his face or like any discernible features that could tell you who it was, but it shows him like setting up the weapons and, and setting up like his preparing to go into the back room. Yeah. And you think, all right, who is this guy here to like kill Tom Cruise? Like, cause it could be a few people. Right. Cause now we also know that like the, the guy who, you know, the guy who played Lay on the professional. Oh, um, Krieger. Krieger. Jean, yeah, Jean Pierre. Um, he <laughs> kind of racist. He, he could be that, it could be that guy cause we know he's against him. It could be, um, Jim Pops. It could be could be Kittredge. Could be Kittredge. Could be anyone. Yeah. And then it's him himself. Pretty cool. Pretty. Not awesome. gonna lie. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Pretty fucking cool. Something yeah. I like about the masks that I thought was funny but made sense in terms of trying to keep things practical is that everybody except for um, the Jim Phelps disguise is just Tom Cruise with like prosthetic makeup on. Mm-hmm, yeah. You see the first guy that he impersonates on TV, mm-hmm. and it's just Tom Cruise in makeup mm. so that when he like transforms into these other people yeah it's they're really, already based off of him right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty fucking good like in the later movies they have better cg they can actually just do like a face something or other or mm. they have the, probably they have, probably they just have the other actors <laughs> like do deep it. fake yeah <laughs> they will be able to now um tom cruise is just gonna play every character in the space one because <laughs> nobody else will be dumb enough to They'll do it i'll just be deep faked on the different people <laughs> i think he is he just has such a high luck stat though that I feel like he's like everyone else around him are like red shirts, and he's just like the the main character. So of like, life. If, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if they were like, if Tom Cruise was like, "Do you want to go to space to help me film this movie?" I'm like, "No," because I know I'm gonna get sucked out the airlock, <laughs> and you're gonna make it just in time. Like, if I was forever attached to your body, Velcro like, then I guess right. I could. But like, I know I'm just a stepping stone, so I'm you're gonna. I can't. I'm sorry, Tom Cruise. You have to, dude. There's no option. You're not going to be allowed in the Church of Scientology if you say no to my space movie. <laughs> Did you see? He's that? going out there to meet fucking Zeno, dude. <laughs> Could you imagine if he starts filming? Zeno shows up with his like <laughs> billions and trillions of alien slaves, and Tom Cruise takes them all on. I can see it happening. We seal Tom Cruise and Xenon within the jewel shard I'm where down. they fight for eternity or something. He's already know. in the fight for, of eternity. The fight of he eternity. He signed the fucking million year contract. Avengers Endgame. Did you know that's a real thing? You fucking sign a contract for a million years when you're no. in Scientology? What? Yeah, when fuck? you join Scientology, you have to sign a million year contract to like fight Xenu. I mean, we got to have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> but <Yeah>. uh <laughs> anyway, don't think about. I mean, I have more scenes in mind, but since I've already seen it, I want to see if you have anything else um that you wanted to comment on. Was the hacker Marcellus Wallace, or am I racist? I think so. Okay, let's just say I'm not racist. It was funny. Hold I, on, I want to check that. Okay. 
I know he's in the Matrix. Wait, he doesn't. But he doesn't. Who does he play in the Matrix? I don't know who he? What the character's name is? It's like the only other black guy in the movie that's Morpheus. Not, no, no, no. The only one that's not Morpheus. Oh, okay, Dorpheus. Dorpheus. <laughs> Borpheus. Morpheus is less cool younger brother. <laughs> um. Okay. It's not coming up. Fuck it. Whatever. We'll just say he is. Remember and that I'll edit scene. It out if he isn't. Remember that scene in the Matrix where Neo comes out and he's like, "I know kung fu," and Dorpheus storms in with the big potatoes he's always making to be part of the team. And he's like, I know Krav Maga. It's actually more lethal. <laughs> <laughs> Always that one fucking guy. It was improvised too. If any of you guys out there fucking practice Brazilian jiu-jitsu, honestly, kill yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in. All these fucking like tracksuit wearing fucks who are like, I can't wait for someone to yell at me in line at Starbucks so I can put him into a headlock and make him, <laughs> make him beg for mercy. They learn how to <laughs> fight and they're like, yeah, but like... The way to, to achieve uh, harmony is peace. And why do yeah, you want to have a so fucking funny. fight then, dude? You're not going to fight anybody? Don't worry. I know how to crack your, nice to you. I know how to crack at least three of your vertebrae, but I also do like a lotus position. So like I don't like hurting. But if you yell at me in line at GameStop when I'm waiting for my copy of Black Ops Ghost 2, I'll fucking kill you. I love it. I hate it. So it's funny, so dude. stupid. Like, and they always look down on other people who do like other type, cause they're like, yeah, why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you do the most expedient, most brutal and, and uh, you know, most efficient way of hurting people? Why would you ever do something like karate, which is like more choreographed and less efficient? Because like, you know how often we're just out in the streets fucking duking it out. Like it's eighties, <laughs> New York in a fucking movie. Like <laughs> get a fucking grip, skills. buy a gun. If You'll you want never- yeah, <laughs> here's some advice. And you can quote me on this if I ever run for anything. If you want to kill people, buy a gun. It's the best way to do it, yeah. <laughs> it is the best way to it's do it. It's the best option. Because, like, you're doing... If you're doing... going to do it, don't do it. But if you're going to do it... Yeah. That's probably less painful. Because people who well, do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu are always like, oh, everything below Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA is just, like, dancing. And it's like, you're doing dancing. If you want to kill people, fucking like hit them with a car or buy a gun. Yeah. Like, nothing's going to be easier There's than way that. easier, more lethal like, options. You're a fucking loser. <laughs> I feel like you have someone in your life who you're like specifically referencing no, right now. I, I know, think. I know, like I at least like five people who want to learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm just kidding. Don't kill yourselves, and you're not losers. Also, the Joe Rack when I listened to the Joe Rogan experience, it would be like an interesting guest, and then Joe Rogan would always be like, "Yeah, that's a lot like Brazilian jiu-jitsu." And it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not at all. It's, He's always looking for a reason. You're lying. He's yeah. so funny. He's such a meathead. I actually, I, I do really like him though. I, I do. Too. I would He's listen a to his podcast meathead. again, but it's just so funny. It's like he, he gets really interesting gets his guests who talk about like microbes and space and shit, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I one time like beat this guy in the head, and I didn't feel good about it." really shows you like the moral dilemmas that we all face in our lives the balance you can and should have but you learn through trial and error which can often be really brutal but anyway let's bring it let's bring it back to mission Impossible. no i don't want to any other major scenes that i have one in mind that i fucking love um i want to see if you bring it up first i mean i love the climax and the way that the helicopter blade like slowly stops so inches from tom cruise's neck and that fucking guy who was born to be a surprised guy. You know what I mean? The guy with like the big face like, oh, 
like the train conductor. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> that's the role. That's so funny. I had like a very similar thought when I first watched it. I was like, well, I wonder if like a lot of these guys, this guy's roles is just like that. I feel like I've seen him before. Yeah, like, me literally. too. Me too. Or like the animated version of him. Yeah, he's in a lot of yeah, stuff. Definitely. Yeah, that's so funny. But yeah, I'm trying to think about scenes I really liked from it. I mean, I liked the whole thing. Yeah, I liked the. Yeah, you just just yeah. say it. I like this scene where um, Krager comes in and he says that like he has the disc. Then Tom oh, Cruise, yeah, yeah. dude, I don't know. Something about that scene just like gets me so hyped because Tom Cruise just has this like fucking crazy look in his eyes. It's like Tom Cruise is at his most Tom Cruise. He just Cruise. got to level 10. And he fucking brings out the tape. He's like, don't you mean this? I know what you're thinking, Krager. You're thinking back in the computer room. I was up here. He was, he was down there. Yes, and he was. He was carrying two discs. It's so hard to keep track of these things. Do you actually think I'd let you have the knock list? And then Prager had the tape the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) Like he was stupid enough to give him the tape. Yeah. But just bluffed his way out of it. So funny. I love that scene so much. Just Tom Cruise zoning so hard. I always thought it would be funny if Prager just like fucking snapped the tape in two. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. And Tom Cruise is like, oh no. (laughs) Wait, that's the one. (laughs) Wait, I wanted to do a funny joke. So funny. That'd be great. Yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah. Uh, I like the first scene that What's Your Face comes back because Tom Cruise goes back after the failed mission. He escapes by like blowing up that aquarium, which is sick. And then he yeah, that's so gets cool. back to their HQ and then Claire comes back. And I really like that he like does not trust her at all immediately. Yeah. And is like, nah. Like has her a fucking gunpoint yeah, and like and then, searches you know, her roughly. Like, yeah. You know, th- you know kind of like cautiously but roughly like throws her on the bed in a way that like is obviously he's just searching her for info. They don't have sex, I don't think. No, they don't. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. It's restraint. Yeah. 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 But I, I do like because it feels like there's real like a real character arc there that he's just so confused and the rug has been pulled out from under him so hard yeah, that, that he just, just like, like a mad freaks. Dog. Like he just immediately assumes. Yeah. And I love like, and it's so over the top, but it works when he's like, got the gun at her and he like f- turns around and then bring it, brings it back at her. Wake up, Claire. Jim's dead. They're dead. They're all dead. Yeah. It's just so yeah. exaggerated, but it just works so yeah. well. He's like Nick Cage where he's just like perfect for the roles that he oh, gets. Yeah. Like he yeah. does that. He just, I don't know if it's like how he is or like how he looks or how he moves, but it's just like he makes the most unbelievable, uh, uh, like acting so believable. Yeah. Like if you took the way he acts and pasted it on somebody else, like his brother, Tom Hanks, it wouldn't make any (laughs) sense. But the fact that he's so like, he just warps it in a way that like just makes it really effective. I don't know. No, I agree. It's the same thing, right? Just like you said with um, Nicolas Cage, it's this really not grounded acting that works because it's consistent in the movies that they're in. It just works so well. Yeah. Oh, one thing I really liked in the uh, writing is another moment where it feels like the movie was, you know, a few steps ahead of you is when... It was a strong you, Nate. Us. (laughs) Ahead of us. When Tom Cruise is trying to figure out what job 315 is. Yeah, 315. And then he looks up and right behind his computer is like a Bible with huge lettering, like slightly stuck out. Did you say job? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they describe it as job. Yeah. He says they call it job 315. Yeah. And then he realizes that it's Job 315. Yeah. So I did. I, yeah, I said that. Yeah. Okay. Um, And you're like, okay, that's kind of convenient. But that's yeah. why he figures out that Phelps was behind it. 
because the uh bible the is bible borrowed, yeah yeah the bible has the name of the hotel that phelps was in and so he realizes that phelps planted it and that's why it was so obvious mm. not because the movie was putting it in your face and that's another reason yeah they use those conventions and those tropes to surprise you yeah you know and they use the fact that it's like a, a punchy spy movie to make you think like oh uh, it's just kind of over the top as the other yeah. movies are but it's like it is kind of meta actually yeah honestly, it really is. it really just plays with the conventions yeah i don't remember that's so funny i don't remember them saying it's job why have i yeah i forgot who I said i think that. it's maybe claire saying like they've been talking about job 315 like job 315 he says claire you dumb bitch don't you read the bible <laughs> <laughs> any modern woman should memorize this scripture that's true dude but, Nate, um, that brings up a good question because i know we're going to close soon but do you think that society has lost a certain aspect of itself by you know removing religion yeah i think it's okay I just wait wait wait, wait quick question what's trendier in the men's rights activist movement right now is it atheism or christianity right now because okay, they go we- back and forth <laughs> Let's uh, no. It's it's atheism in terms of what you truly believe created the universe, but right. Christianity in terms of how you as an individual construct yourself. I think that's what's trendy right now. Yeah, because you want to be the guy who wants to search for like the scientific truth because chicks dig of that, course. especially the ones with dyed hair. Also, I love science. Just throwing it out yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, we. Really? I have I have my shirt out there. That's like it's two uh, Bunsen burners, and one is really bubbling, and the other one's not. And the one of them says, "I think you're overreacting." Yeah, it's really that's a funny. Good one. Because anyway, we like science, though. Yeah, I love it's science. True. All, you know, in all seriousness, we love science. And uh, if you're a girl who likes science, hit us up. I really like... Um, in all seriousness. Uh, glass animals. <laughs> <laughs> They're so the good. The items, not the band. Glass animals and the Arctic monkeys, I yeah. think, right now are having a revival. Oh, yeah. So, Tim and Paula, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I listen to obscure music. But anyway. <laughs> That's... Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, it was, it was just a fun movie that didn't feel... Like, it felt like it had the enjoyability of a quote-unquote like dumb movie but yeah. it, it was ahead of me for most of it i mean i am smart so i caught up eventually oh, of course but it was ahead of me for long enough that it also felt like it was like intellectually rewarding which i, I thought agree was really yeah cool. yeah 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 that's something that i love in those kinds of movies because usually those kinds of movies are very predictable mm-hmm. and you know like there's a lot of twists but you know what's gonna happen yeah and i've noticed with a lot of the mission impossible movies this one the most i think but there will be moments where you're just watching and you're like, oh, cool. I had no fucking idea what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there is that that moment of excitement, like you said, when he reaches for the mask. Like, no way. I yeah. had no idea. <laughs> no no <laughs> this fucking is way, dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love the theme song. And I love that it's only used twice. Yeah, it's fine. So good. Bum, 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 and a lot of the other times it's like teasing you with it. Yeah, It'll yeah, like yeah. almost go into the melody, but then pulls back. Yeah, so yeah that's great. <laughs> I just really like I, I don't know I just said this but it's just so funny that it's it's like the highlight up until the climax of the movie the yeah. highest point is the heist which is silent yeah, and then you're just like nothing. oh I wonder how they're gonna do this like showdown on a train and then it's literally a fucking like helicopter chasing a chain <laughs> through the through the channel when the helicopter is flying inside the channel so funny it's so fucking good it's so so the hella chopper Hella chopped Yo, oh, I've just remembered this. Dude, after that scene, they when they cut to um, Luther and Ethan at the restaurant, it cuts to a TV screen. They say, in a freak accident, a, tra- yeah. <laughs> a, yeah. a, a helicopter 
fell into a tunnel and collided with a high-speed train. <laughs> yeah. Just completely making fun of itself. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just have fun. It doesn't need to be too serious, but also... Make it cohesive. It has some stuff to reward serious uh, film lovers. Yeah. Just good all around. Anybody can enjoy it on Anybody any can like level it. of IQ. It's like One Cut of the Dead, which everyone True. should watch, if you, even if you haven't watched it yet because the last which i think was that the last episode we did was one i think so yeah yeah watch really good it's so fucking fire yeah if you haven't listened to the last episode don't do it no no no. don't do it but watch the movie first and then listen to it because it's one of the most genuinely surprising movies i've watched in years and if you listen to it it'll be ruined for you yeah it's it's an experience to have that you don't want to miss out on you don't want to miss this one folks so yeah yeah um yeah Cool. I'm really glad you liked it. I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think there were. I mean, I think there's really nothing in this movie that would make me like hate it. I couldn't imagine. No, somebody I saying just like my pick. That's all right. I feel like if you, I feel like the only way that could really happen is if you went into it like not wanting to like it because yeah. it's an action movie, which right. is lame. Right. It's like it's like going into Captain Marvel being like, oh, I hate women, and so you well, don't like it. Hey, Tyler, what would you rate this out of ten? Uh, I'd give it an eight to an eight and a half. I'd give it an eight and a half. Good, Good shit. shit. Anyway, thanks for listening this week, guys. We had a little, uh, you know, first in-person episode. We had more fun. I hope you had more fun. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to hear more episodes, you can uh, follow us on any streaming platform. You can give us, uh, you know, ratings, whatever. It helps. Follow us on social media, Talkie Talk Cast on pretty much everything. Next week. We, we got, got a doozy. Something. We got a doozy for yeah. you, folks. So COVID. Now that COVID is a hoax, we can go to the movie theater again, and we're gonna watch the Kong versus Godzilla movie. And I'm very excited. Did you hear about the um, director's cut of this movie? The six-hour no character it's, study of it's a it's an it's <laughs> it's, it's forty seconds long. It's a chimp <laughs> and uh, and a giant lizard in a cage. I mean, that's all you need. And the chimp just, just hits the up. lizard with a fucking stick. <laughs> Basically this movie. Something I heard about it is that the other ones in this series, which I, I still love them because they're fucking stupid and mm-hmm. fun. They try to make the human plot like the main thing. Mm-hmm. I've heard in this one, it's like Kong is the main character, basically. That's sick. Which is fire. I'm That's very sick. excited. Like genuinely very excited to watch this movie. I hope they really kill one. Me I too. Hate, I hate these movies where it's just like, well... Yeah. They're kind of equal. It's like one's yeah. a monkey and the other one shoots lasers. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Let's go. Come on. I hope Kong kills Godzilla, but secretly Godzilla had like a reactivation thing. So he'd come back alive when he's in the coffin. <laughs> and so both. And so Kong's view on the world and the way that he keeps order can still be held true while Batman can still be a martyr. <laughs> Anyway, read read the Dark Knight Returns. I hope that Kong remembers that Godzilla has an S two engine, and that he remembers to crack it. Because if he doesn't, it's gonna be really bad. The coming back alive thing made no fucking sense in that book. Which what are you talking about? In Dark Knight Returns. Oh, okay, thank God. Oh, I thought you were gonna talk about. <laughs> I, was Evan, like, yeah. I thought you were talking about Evangelion for a second. And I was actually about to I lose my no fucking mind. I had no blood pumping through my brain, but yeah. then it came back alive. <laughs> It's sick, though. Who gives a shit? Yeah, anyway, thanks good. for listening, guys. We'll see you next week with Love some big kisses. monkey action. Bye-bye.